Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 318 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We are looking at Doctrine and Covenants sections 129 to 132 in the week of November the 8th to November the 14th. And we are looking at section 130 today, finishing that section off. Uh, And this section, as I mentioned yesterday, is full of wonderful things. Uh, And we actually got through a big majority of it yesterday, as well as the context. So we did set ourselves up well on the way to completing this section today. I do find it interesting in verse 15, though. Obviously, um, the context of this section is that there was an individual from another um, Christian faith uh, making the claim and prophesying that the Saviour would come the following day that he was speaking. Uh, And Joseph Smith uh, Um, addresses the saints and says that no man knows the time and in verse 15 it says Joseph um, sorry verses 14 and 15 it says I was once praying very earnestly to know the time of the coming of the son of man when I heard a voice repeat the following Joseph my son if thou livest unto thou art 85 years old thou shalt see the face of the son of man therefore let this suffice and trouble me no more on this matter now some very interesting things about this firstly the way in which the Lord says, look, here is an answer, which, as we know, is not going to help, really, with knowing exactly what the answer is. And don't trouble, but he says, don't trouble me any more about this. So clearly it's something which we are not meant to know, um, you know, and it's something which I think that if we knew that, and well, in fact, I'm certain if we knew the day of the Son of, Matt, of the, of the Saviour's coming, then we would be less motivated and less anxious to try and prepare ourselves for that day because we would know it was coming. And just like many people, if you've got a deadline for a piece of coursework or um, an assignment you need to write or do something like that, then of course, the natural man, uh, the and this is not the case for everyone, of course, this is a generalisation, but the majority of individuals leave it till the very last minute. Um, and that would be the same for us. We need to be making sure we are prepared at any time for him to come, which is why we are not to know. But obviously, as we know, the prophet Joseph doesn't live at 85 years old in the flesh anyway. And in verse 16, um, Joseph recognises that there is a problem with this. And he says, I was left thus without being able to decide whether this coming referred to the beginning of the millennium or to some previous appearing or whether I should die and thus see his face. (laughs) You know, I think it's... uh, an interesting point that he makes that, you know, we don't really know, um, but it's not going to be tomorrow is what he was saying to, to the saints at that time. Um, but then we get verses 18 to 23, the last six verses, but there is so much packed into here. So let's uh, focus on these to finish with. Verses 18 and 19 focus on intelligence and how what we gain in this life rises with us in the resurrection. Um, And in verse 19, it says, And if a person gains more knowledge and intelligence in this life through his diligence and obedience than another, he will have so much the advantage in the world to come. We do not know why exactly. Uh, More intelligence now will give you a greater advantage in the world to come. However, uh, John H. Vandenberg said this, quote, I must add that the only proper way is God's way. Spiritual discipline is the most effective means of character development. The influence of the priesthood in the home has the greatest influence for guiding and persuading young people along the path of righteousness. 
One of the fundamental teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is that every member should acquire, acquire learning by study and by faith. We believe that the glory of God is intelligence, close quote. We, we have a, a, a call, a commandment to learn in this life and to grow. Now, of course, you know, we're not, that doesn't mean that we should all try and um, gain degrees and masters and, and, you know, all these qualifications by the world standards. What it simply means is that in this world, we are required to learn and to engage in developing our learning. Um, and whatever that looks like to you, it is your choice. It's your uh, discussion and your um, agreement between yourself and the Lord. But we all need to engage in some development of our knowledge and understanding in this life about whatever it is that we decide to focus our developing our knowledge and understanding of. And as we do that, we are fulfilling that that invitation uh, to develop our intelligence. And as it says in verse 19, the more we attain, then the greater advantage we will have. And interestingly, it then goes into verse 20 and 21. And we know these as the verses where it talks about how that there, there are laws in heaven irre irrevocably decreed where upon all which blessings are predicated. And in verse 21, it says, And when we obtain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to that law upon which it is predicated. So I think that sometimes we we look at this and we try to quantify, we try to make a formula for what blessings we receive, for what we do. And perhaps we say, well, we've done this many good things and tried to not do this many bad things. So surely we should be getting this many blessings. Um, and I think there is a problem with that because um, ultimately obedience comes from our faith. Uh, and it, we would not have faith if we had a formulaic calculation, which meant that we received a certain amount of blessings for a certain amount of righteousness that we have in this life. But what I think it does say is that when we are obedient, there will be blessings. We cannot dictate and we do not um, determine what those blessings will be. Those will come in the Lord's time and in his own way. And in some cases, those blessings may come after this life. But of course, um, I was reading um, John H John Hilton III's book, um, Founder of Our Peace, I think it's called. I, I actually can't remember the title of it right now. It's really bad, but it's a wonderful book. And I'm actually reading a chapter about perspective and how um, an eternal perspective helps us to understand how blessings work they don't always come in this life. And in fact, some people who are the greatest people we may know may have the most difficult life. That doesn't mean that their, their righteousness has meant they need to have more challenges. And it doesn't mean that they are secretly living a really bad life where they're making, those mis like making lots of mistakes and therefore being cursed by God. But what it does mean is that we, we all have challenges and trials. We all do. Uh, and there is probably no real way to quantify what challenges or trials we'll get, unless, of course, there are things we do which then do directly have an impact on our lives um, because of the, the mistakes we've made. Um, but I think that the, the understanding that blessings come either in this life or in the next life, and whenever we receive them, we shall be so grateful and happy with those blessings is a wonderful promise. Um, Charles A. Didier said this, quote, what are the essential steps to attain a testimony? First, 
to humbly seek the truth, to have a desire to know by exercising belief or faith. When we obtain any blessing from God, such as an answer to prayer or a convincing knowledge, it is by obedience to that law upon which it is, it is predicated. Here, then, are the required standards of the law. Ask in the name of Christ and exercise in faith in him. Have a sincere heart. Humbly seek the truth. Be receptive. Discard preconceived religious concepts and cleanse yourself from the sins of the world. You must adhere to the rules, tune in correctly to receive the proper signal, and once in harmony with the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things. Close quote. Here he is talking about the law and the understanding that we need to have in order to receive a testimony. We need to follow those steps. We need to make sure we are following that structure and that pattern. And it's those patterns of peace and of, and, and of testimony that we can develop in our lives to, to develop and strengthen our testimony. And I have one more minute left to talk about the Godhead. So here we go. In verse 22, uh, it says, The Father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. The Son also, but the Holy Ghost has not a body of flesh and bones, but is a personage of spirit. Were it not so, the Holy Ghost could not dwell in us. I mean, this is obviously for us as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a very clear and very simple doctrine. But of course, we have to remember that at the time of the prophet Joseph Smith, there were still great discussions and debates about the, the nature of God. And there still is today, to be fair. Um, but of course, you know, this is something which, um, through many reasons and experiences, we've come to know that the Father and the Son have a body of flesh and bone. And the Holy Ghost is a personage of spirit. And so he is able to dwell in us. Um, and I think that that is, again, a wonderful concept, which again, we sometimes take for granted, um, but is a great blessing to know that no, nonetheless. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please join the Facebook group on Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, or you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com to share any of your thoughts or your feedback about this study or anything that you have studied yourselves. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.